Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. We are joined this week by the beautiful, the lovely, the funny, the charming Stephen Bay. <laughs> wow, you are generous. I shared a bed with you. <laughs> uh, so we are here at Monster Mania. Um, you can tell in our voices that we're here in Monster Mania, most likely. Uh, and we are going to be discussing one of the many, many films that you guys have selected for us. We got a lot of people that emailed us to discuss Silver Bullet. Uh, and Stephen was very excited when we told him we were discussing Silver Cocaine. Bullet. <laughs> I love me some Gary Busey. Uh, so let me real quickly pull up what the emails say about Silver Bullet. Um, basically, what we were told here was from Darren New Zealand is who we're going to be declaring as the person who picked this. Uh, he said, I'm a huge fan of the werewolf genre, and apart from American Werewolf, my favorite 80s werewolf movie is Silver Bullet. In case you're not familiar, Silver Bullet came out in 1985 and stars Gary Busey and Corey Haim and was taken from the Stephen King short story, Cycle of the Werewolf. It also stars Terry O'Quinn, priest stepfather, as the sheriff. I've seen this movie a hundred times, and the practical effects still stand up, though the beast... Uh, Though the werewolf in all of its glory isn't exactly the best. There are some great dream sequences and some nice foreshadowing. A buddy of mine guessed the identity of the werewolf from some well-placed altar candles, which he swear looked a lot like wolf ears. Uh, also, he said, I love the podcast. It's great to know that there are people in this world besides me who have seen Rotar. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll throw my hat in the ring and give you some picks. Um, thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. I couldn't get through my work day without you, do. Don't go changing that intro music. Darren from New Zealand. Thanks, Darren from New Zealand. I'm so glad that you like the intro music and you have forgiven me for how bad I shit on... Uh... Rotor? No, not right. I didn't shit on Rotor nearly as bad as I shit on um... Deathgasm. Deathgasm. Which is a New Zealand film. That is true. But uh, also, thank you for picking a, a watchable... <laughs> Listener submitted. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, this is definitely going to be possibly the high point of the month. <laughs> I don't know. 
There's one at the end of the month that I am very excited to talk about. Uh, so Silver Bullet, uh, as stated, is an adaptation of The Cycle of the Werewolf. A very loose adaptation oh of God, The Cycle of the like Werewolf. The loosest. It's basically like, was there a werewolf in this? Can we slap Stephen King's name on a werewolf movie? Was there eye yes. damage in the movie to the werewolf? Yes. That's, that's all, all, that's the only thing they have in common. I went to Wikipedia to see, like, oh, what's the difference? And it, it's, it's like... like it seems like two pages, and I go, ah, yeah, I'm not going to read that. But I, I believe Stephen King is actually on set, so at least he was helping them. I actually He's probably high as fuck too. I thought because usually Stephen King appears in like all of these movies or as many of yeah, them as he could. Not in it. I thought for a split second he was the guy riding the tractor that Corey Haim like yelled for help mm-hmm. to. Because I'm like that guy kind of sounds like Stephen King doing his like hillbilly voice. Yeah, his his New England hillbilly. Voice. But I'm like he doesn't look like Stephen King, and then I was like digging through wiki to find out if he was in it. Um, the movie opens with the town drunk being decapitated. Uh, Which is really the best piece of, like, um, violence in the film, in yeah. my opinion. No, I agree. It's There's a lot of decapitations in this movie. Uh, there's a lot That's of decapitations in a few of them, but this is a good one. Um, but apparently, like, <laughs> all I could think of was that the person who's... Uh, in charge of like declaring cause of death in this town, <laughs> they suck at this. Started started off in the town in Jaws and then moved over here because calling this decapitation an accidental car, uh, train decapitation is equally as absurd as that severed arm being like boating accident. <laughs> like it's, it is so like how does it? It's a clean cut. Like a train would have bashed that thing into pieces. Um. But we meet Jane uh, and her and her uh, brother, who's in a wheelchair and played by Corey Haim. And I hate you, you booger. Well, something that I noticed by the end of the movie, there is n- the narration is super unnecessary. It provides no insight. Yeah. Also, like it, it really breaks my suspension of disbelief because she's an adult talking about it. To no one. <laughs> First of all, to no one. Like it's not like she's telling the story to the police or something. But second of all. The movie takes place in the eighties. Yeah. So is she a time traveler? Yeah. Like she's she's <laughs> no, an adult. The, the movie takes place in nineteen seventy six. It does open up with the title card, the summer of nineteen seventy six. Oh, okay. Well, still. Yeah. Well, who? Okay. It so she'd be like twenty two, but she sounds like she's forty. Wouldn't you put the narrator there because you're like, no one survived except me. Yeah. I'm gonna tell. No, what? Everybody. Yeah. Survives. Everyone survives almost. Like a well, couple. At least, people like, well, I mean, at least the do the stand by me thing where she's like writing a book. <laughs> Like, it's just, like, why is this disembodied voice telling us anything? It gives us no insight. Yeah, and, like, you're talking, like, if you were trying to write a book about fucking werewolves, would you be like, no one believe me, but you will. Yeah. I'm telling you my story. No. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so that we meet, Sir. we meet this family, and there's this point where early on their car is, like, driving home, and they're, they have this shitty, like, homemade little wheelbarrow yes. thing that's dragging the wheelchair in it. And I'm like, why is that in there? Like, why would everybody would just fold up a wheelchair and put it in the back seat? And then it's like, they had like two bags of groceries and I'm like, there is still plenty of space it's for this. Like, there's no explanation. And then immediately after that, Marty's got to like wheel up this ramp and he looks like he's going to fall. Like it is the there's most... There's part where it looks like he's going to smash the back of his head. Yeah, it's the most inconveniently built ramp for anybody. Like, yeah, and I was like, I felt real bad for Corey Haim for 
you know, having to do that scene multiple times because I'm like, man, your upper body strength is not ready for this. And that was the best take. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, but also, it's like, how many takes did he fall? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure plenty. I think that that's what led to the drug addiction. <laughs> he probably, they oh, had to give him no, so many pain pills. Some, <laughs> he had some to get some bars after uh, smashing his head. It was Gary Busey. He's like, you got some pain? I got some pills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the werewolf shows up again, and it kills a pregnant woman. Um, and I have a note that says, right now they're barely showing the wolf, but from, from what I can see, that's probably a good decision. <laughs> like, they should have left the wolf mostly in the dark, like the the... the I start the to refer wolf. to it as the gorilla. Like it's it's a, it's not a good werewolf. It's a monkey oh, suit with a wolf terrible. mask. Like it's, yeah, I have it marked down as like <laughs> I have it marked down as like a baby bear, like a baby brown bear. <laughs> That's what like, it looks like from behind, wolf. from the back. It just looks like a baby bear. <laughs> like, so did it look like she was killing herself with the candy hot tamales? <laughs> when I looked at it, I'm like, I'm like, I've eaten those. <laughs> um. So Marty has a motorized wheelchair, and he's, like, motorizing with his girlfriend, Lawrence. man, uh, to, to her, like, trailer parsh, uh, tr- uh, trailer trash dad. Dude, we're not allowed to talk about it like that. Come on. Sorry, but he is. Yeah, but then he gets killed real nice. Um, and real he's, he's, like... The he's like nineteen eighty five Trump supporter where he's just like goddamn handicapped yeah, yeah. kids taking oh, all of our money and I just, like, I'm like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> like he is like super hateful standing on his front step unemployed drinking a beer at two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's two in the afternoon. Or two in the afternoon, yeah. yeah like, like, I, I thought that I wrote down what he said, but I don't I guess not. But like there there are Along with your joke about him being a Trump supporter, um, we can tell that the werewolf is not a Republican because he wouldn't be killing this defenseless unborn baby inside this woman's womb. Um, I mean, like, the explanation later on is that, like, she was going to kill herself and he was trying to save her soul from, from damnation because of suicide, but, like... Um, that that murder where it's just like slash 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 dead baby. I mean it's I mean dead dead woman with yeah. the unborn child is like it's pretty funny and we're, we're we're missing a really great line from before that when um, you see their explanation of like the fact that she's got this baby out of wedlock and she's like it's your baby and her boyfriend is like it ain't my baby it's your oven but it ain't my bun remember the good times know what I mean <laughs> legitimately sounds like <laughs> so he's earnest we never see his face it could be this was this could have Jim been Jim Varney is like this is my gritty reboot <laughs> yeah. of, of Ernest goes to camp um, Ernest goes to camp and fucks his girlfriend so, did you notice when Corey Ham was hitting on the girl he's just like yeah this is my uh, I got a blast pack in this thing and I was like <laughs> Wow, only in the middle of the country. He's like, Uncle Red put it in. Uncle <laughs> I was Red. Like, I was like, yeah, you're really getting so, hot. So speaking of Uncle Red, we finally get to meet Uncle Red, who every, I've written every character's name except for Uncle Red is always Gary Busey in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a legitimate laugh out of his jackass joke, which is like how they debut him. Like that joke was fucking great. Wait, what joke is it? He's like, this guy walks into a bar and the guy calls it, he's like, you want another drink, jackass? And he's like, yes, please. And he's like, you're going to pay your tab, jackass? And 
the guy, the guy next to him goes, why do you always let the bartender call you jackass? And he goes, he all, he all, he always calls me that. <laughs> I, like, I wish that my eye rolling was like audi- auditory because Jesus Christ, this movie is so dumb. Um, oh, I did, are you kidding me? That was the greatest joke. Like I was in love yeah, but, with Uncle Red. Right <laughs> when he took that, I go, this is my people. You know who? I just want to drink red, wild turkey with Uncle Red. I never realized this before. But fucking young Gary Busey looks like Cliff from Dead Man on Campus. That's the whole reason that Cliff got the, yeah. the part is that he just has his teeth. But I, I did, and you might want to edit this so that, like, cut here, paste here. Um, Tammy's shitty dad, this is what he says about okay. poor Corey Haim. He's like, electrocute them all, balance the goddamn budget. <laughs> So, like, this movie is fun in retrospect, but while you're watching, you're just like, man. Well, uh, and, speaking and, about him, I got very upset because I'm like, ooh, someone's watching wrestling. Maybe it's Corey Haim. And then it's like, oh, it's trailer trash. Oh, Great. Yeah. <laughs> Beat him up. Plus his chops. Oh, that's it. Oh, that hurts my parts. <laughs> And Busey was just making love to that bottle. Like, he was, like, <laughs> shoving it almost all the way down his throat. Oh, he deep-throated like, wow. the bottle yeah. on multiple occasions. Um, and then Mom lays down some truth bombs. I was like, Ooh, this is getting But also, it's, like, not even... She's not even being that mean. Like, if I was half drunk and my sister was like, you're a shitty uncle, I'd be like, goddamn right, and just, like, take well, another swig off the bottle. According to, to IMDb, most of Gary Busey's scenes mm-hmm. were completely ad-libbed, and that is, like, the he least shocking. so yeah. much about this movie. Because he does not feel like he fits into the rest of the narrative of this movie at all, and he's the main character. <laughs> like, like, why is he the main character? Why isn't... Why is uh, Corey Haim's you watched him? He's amazing. Because this was Corey. This was like Corey Haim's first movie, and Gary Busey was like an Oscar-winning actor at this point. That's even more shocking. Yeah, that, he, that someone gave him an Oscar. Well, it was for the Buddy Holly movie that he did before he oh. had his like motorcycle accident and became like whacked Crazy. out of yes. his mind. This is my note. This is hard to believe, but this is before Gary Busey's accident. He had the accident in '88. Oh shit! So this is see, it's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where he hit a concrete wall going 45 miles an hour. Really? Yeah. He wasn't wearing a helmet on his motorcycle. And Damn. after this, he became, after his accident, because I went and researched and saw him on like David Letterman afterwards, th- he kind of just goes off the deep end. This is the start of it. But uh, he was just like, he would actually tell kids, like, hey, you need to wear a helmet. This is crazy not to. And look what I just did. And he, like, Tells how he got all these holes drilled in his head so they could relieve the pressure and let it bleed. It was nuts. He lost seven weeks of his life. He has no memory. Wow. That's insane. Stay off drugs and wear a helmet, kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, his son was the bomb in Frighteners. So, like... Jake is way better than he has any right to be. Like... Yeah. I I, want to see... A, a buddy teeth movie where it's Jake Busey and Cliff from Debbie <laughs> I don't even know that actor's name he's just always Cl- I've seen him in other movies and I'm like Cliff from Debbie and Campus. we talk about him in another yeah. movie this he's month. in a movie that we discussed previously 
What else? I can't remember, but I remember he was a cop in a horror movie, for yeah, sure. He, <laughs> like, he's a robber in the other one that we're talking about, which is just ironic. There's a lot of people that... There's a lot of there's a lot of people who are robbers in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got cops, robbers, Indians. Maybe we can get the full village people from... from <laughs> so, so the trailer trash dad is killed in his little greenhouse or whatever. Yeah, he's like... But he's so surprised and, and like... Why is the floor? Why are the floorboards cracking underneath me? And then he like it's such a downer of a kill because it doesn't even show anything. But like um, the the then we get like the we we I think this is now they realize that they're that shit's going down in the town, right? Well, they've been they've been already questioning the sheriff, and now it's like Andy, the like yeah, the local the crazy guy. They start like the, their their vigilante group, yeah, basically. So, um, is is that there? There's one guy, which is a subplot I thought was going to last deputy. a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they all get killed off. Yeah, that. like right away. I'm like, isn't that something you stretch out until like the final twenty minutes? No, like, but like that drunk deputy that's always the chubby dude is yeah. that's always hanging out in the bar. He looks like Alex Jones. I want him to be like, <laughs> it's making the friggin' werewolves gay. <laughs> uh, and so, then Lawrence uh, Terry. Well, then, then bring, uh, bringing out that peacemaker bat, like the yeah, whole thing. I, I, also, I was what, in love with that scene. But why? Okay, let me, maybe I'm skipping forward too fast. But like, why would the werewolf be reticent enough to bash the guy with the peacemaker and then keep it? Yeah, hold on to it. And and then when yeah. return to human form, be like, I should get rid of this evidence. No, if only this know. wooden bat could be burned <laughs> so that no one could find it. Damn you! Wood. <laughs> You're only the only thing I could think, and it won't work. Or just keep it at the death location since you know, that's where they all died anyway. Yeah. It's not like, like, like a secret. Like so, he definitely changed back into a human after he got back to his like rectory or whatever. Because yeah. spoiler alert, it's the priest. Yeah. Uh, um, it's spoiler alert. It's the dad from People Under the Stairs. <laughs> God, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> Even before I saw this film, it takes like two seconds. As soon as the priest walks on the screen at the beginning of the film, you're like, "Werewolf." Yeah. Wait, I was just like, "It's like, on. why else would you cast the <laughs> yeah. that guy? He's the, so evil looking." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I bet he's like the sweetest person in real life. Oh he's yeah. Just like, I got this face. Well, God gave me this face. I was gonna say it's kind of like my friend who like met, met Bill Mosley and was like, he was like the most like down to earth like chill guy in the world. And it's like he only plays the most insane, awful human beings. <laughs> yeah, and like that's I think that also gives him that mythology where like there are a lot of horror fans that are obsessed with meeting Bill Mosley yeah. at every comic or at every horror con. I know a couple like that, and I absolutely abhor everything that he's done like every yeah. every movie character is just the worst yeah. I hate the Devil's Rejects I don't really like House of a Thousand Corpses well, what about Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, too? ain't going well <laughs> but, but he's annoying he's not good and and like uh, I, I'm those are just the ones that come to yeah. mind but I don't I don't understand the cult of Bill Mosley but I think that that's what it is is that he's just so sweet yeah. and kind when you meet him in real life you're like god that's the guy that I want to have a beer well, with so like Mostly 2020 yeah. Republican ticket. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's like it's really cool to um, when you're at these cons, you get to even though we very rarely get to meet anybody, like hearing people's stories of who they've met and like finding out like the big thing I found out this weekend, Paul Rubens, super awesome guy. And like that's like that makes my heart feel good. Like, yeah. yeah, it's always good to hear like the positive story of like, oh, yeah, we met this guy and he like hung out with our daughter and like asked her questions and was like really cool and like signed this thing for free and blah, 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 blah versus like, yeah, he wore sunglasses and a hat and like didn't really smile okay so story time on that because i know you're referring to john cusack yeah but when megan so everybody that's listening my wife paid 
to meet and get a photo with John Cusack last year at Monster Mania in the spring. And um, she was like, this is crazy. I don't know why I'm doing this, but this is like the only legit time I'll ever get a chance to meet him and talk to him. And she loves John Cusack. And um, she went and she was like, thank you so much for being here. And he was like so genuinely nice. He was like, thank you for coming. And he, they talked for like two minutes, which is a yeah, long time. At that's the a con. long time at a con, yeah. And, and he, she was like, can I get a picture with you just on her phone? And he didn't charge her for that. Oh, that's he, cool. He char- like she got the meat and the like whatever signed yeah. but she didn't he didn't charge her extra for the photo so like I understand that John Cusack is not like a horror guy so yeah. it's probably not his bag to be around all these miscreants because we we kind of are part of this group of people yeah. that like are very very unruly looking but they're all <laughs> quite nice when you get to know us but um, yeah John Cusack let's temper that argument there but uh, I want to talk about that battle where um they all go out to the. They all go, they form this lynch mob to go yeah. to go find the werewolf. So also, well, side the, note, uh, Corey Haim's shitty friend is murdered. Off. Oh, screen. that's right. Yeah. And Brady's dad. Actually, I do have a note about how like Brady's dad. Um, his reaction to finding his son's body is like legitimate. It seems real. Yeah. You know, it seems like a legit reaction, just like where you like kind of lose control of your vocal cords. That guy was like pretty good acting yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah, my note is: is this guy in a different movie? Because like the rest <laughs> yeah. of this movie is just like do 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 do, and he's like, "This is some serious shit." I got a little, a little scared. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and and that 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 slapstick bullshit happens in the next scene where these two dudes. They're like Abra Costello, and they get their legs caught in the bear trap. Like yeah. one of them gets caught in a bear trap. He's like, "Oh, help me!" And he's when like, Bulk and Skull go investigating <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the other guy's like, "Let me help you get it, your leg out." And then he gets his leg caught. And then they both get their legs out, and they can still walk. Yeah, like a bear Why trap. Not? Like, Why not? Yeah, these, like these, ter- these hunters are terrible. I gotta know. I would never go hunting with them. They're just like waving around their rifles. They're like, and why does the old man go hunting for a werewolf the, the with a maker. bat? Yeah, like yeah. it's fine in a bar when you want to break up a fight, but I'm like, you need to get a bazooka out after this baby bear. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens to be a werewolf. Well, and if you weren't so so that whole scene happens, and then as if you weren't like already kind of sure that it's the reverend then there's that really out of place reverend having a dream that everyone's turning into a werewolf well, I feel like sequence. that was kind of like the I think that they just gave up the pretense that you didn't know who it was yeah like they're just like okay we, we get you know, it and that know. might be the best part of the movie because they spent do you know what the, the budget for this was I don't know but yeah, you're, he's the <clears throat> so the budget on it was 7 million which seems like a lot but then you see this scene where there are legit 30 Werewolves, which and, all look better than the actual werewolves. Like, <laughs> like, how? How? Oh, I. I'll wait until after. Yeah, we there's get some. Talk. There's some I reasons. Some, yeah. I read some notes on the director was not happy with his werewolf either. And neither okay. was the producer. <laughs> all right. Um, so Gary Busey shows Corey Haim the silver bullet. Yeah, his like insanely mo- apparently. Faster than a speeding car wheelchair. Doesn't he need a license to go on a back road? I mean, like, okay, I get that it's like... Is this supposed to be in New England, like everything that Stephen King does? Like, I a, think, because I, I couldn't find it. They didn't really, where it they didn't really say, but Whatever. sure. It looks like it could be like any back road in New England. Yeah. It's probably New Hampshire based on Gary Busey's character. Sorry, anybody <laughs> that listens from New Hampshire. Um, but you know exactly what you are. Uh, but so, like, he would need a license to drive this bike on the highway because he's like whipping around at six miles an hour. He doesn't have like a seatbelt. 
He's not I, wearing a helmet. He's not wearing a helmet. Like Gary, Gary Busey. If, if, Gary Busey, like 1988. Would I was going to say, if kid. this was 1989, he would be like, put a goddamn helmet on that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, Gary Busey. Yeah, solid. Um, but, like, the, uh, the, the, so, so, then Gary Busey's like, don't leave the house, right? Yeah. That's the next part is where it's, like, nighttime, and he's like, I gave you this, this, gas power this nitro and gas powered uh uh wheelchair don't tell your mom about it for one two don't kill yourself three there's a serial killer because he doesn't believe that it's a werewolf but he's um but he makes werewolf references constantly because he named it the silver bullet yeah (laughs) like don't leave the house and so what does Corey aim do he leaves the house to like go shoot off these fireworks how do you sneak out of the house in that incredibly loud ass bike well my mom my, so my mom was like wandering in and out of the room as I was watching. Oh, this it. is the best when when yeah. people when, when women uh, in yeah. particular. Well, come, and you know. she like she sees him open the window and like start to climb down the side of the house. She goes, "I thought he couldn't walk." And I'm like, "He's got incredible arm strength." Yeah, but the, <laughs> like, you don't see that when he's trying to walk. wheel a wheelchair at any moment. But suddenly he can just like. Yeah, <laughs> fucking American Gladiator Ninja Warrior <laughs> his way down the side of this house. It must have been at the end of the shoot. He's just like <laughs> lifting weights. He's like, I got this. He's like, I'm feeling so swole right now. Like the, the pre workout finally kicks in. Yeah, his pec like, juices were just flowing like all up in his arms. <laughs> you, you know how, what Lance Henderson looks like when he's like turning into Pumpkinhead, into Pumpkinhead, uh, like his just neck veins are like everywhere. Like Corey Ham's like, destroy it. <laughs> Uh, so, so he goes out, shoot off where, uh, fireworks, and, like, hits the werewolf in the fucking eye with this, with this, uh, like a, ro- not a Roman candle, but like a firecracker. Yeah. And wouldn't that just explode the werewolf's head? Probably. How, how, first of all, how is it just gonna stick in his eye, and the werewolf's like, huh, <laughs> and then it explodes. But, like, um... And then, like, the werewolf comes after him, and it's the slowest werewolf. Like, it's running on its hind legs. Yeah. Like, werewolves are scary because they're, like, and you listeners can't see it, but, like, I'm doing this thing with my hands where it would be, like, you know, a gallop with four legs. Like, that's why I can't catch my tiny little dogs when they don't want to be caught. Like, they have four legs, I have two. Um, But, like, (laughs) slowest fucking werewolf ever. And it looks terrible when you get a close-up with a firecracker in the eye. Like, I could make a paper mache better. (laughs) Uh, so this leads Marty to explaining everything that happened to Jane, who up until this point has hates absolutely her hates her brother, but suddenly she's just like, I think your werewolf story checks out. Like, <laughs> so she, she goes to collect cans for the church and like, it's her big plan to like find the person with a missing eyeball. If I, honestly, if I, if I had a missing eyeball, I wouldn't be answering the door. Yeah. But apparently if you're the reverend, you're just sitting out in like a public area. Like I think that he was like tending a garden. Yeah. It's just do 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 like And he's like just you know, like putting the blinder up, like, sure little kid, you go check in my beer can stash. Yeah. Like yeah. why do you have a beer can stash? Yeah, go check out the area where all of the evidence is. Yeah, I, like, I, I am aware that your brother's also the one who shot me in the face with a candle. This was actually really clever though. She's like, well, I'm going to go and collect cans for the church. Yeah. And she went to everyone to get them to find the eye. I was like, oh, what would Stephen King like wake up sober one day? He's like, this is a good idea. <laughs> That's how you know that he, it wasn't his idea. Yeah, something added in there. That is the there. least Stephen King idea in any Stephen King movie ever. So this is the other thing that I appreciate in the movie is that uh, so so now the the Reverend is pissed off 
That and then he tries to write him down, right? Yeah, he tries to write him down. They keep sending him notes. Like the one note was like, I know who you are, I know what you are, you should just kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, is this junior high? And like but like the way it's presented is they're like, we just gotta help him out. And like it's like that is like the least tactful way to word like the sentiment you're trying to send. Do you remember the quote Uncle Red has when they're talking to him about the notes? It's no. Like, I understand that my niece and nephew are sending little love notes to the local minister <laughs> suggesting he gargle with broken glass or eat a rat poison omelet. And I'm like, oh my god! Just- Those are so much more clever than you should just kill yourself. <laughs> they need to drink some wild turkey and get some better ideas. But uh, now, all of a sudden, everybody's on board with the, like, oh, the Reverend is definitely a killer just because of, like, a little bit of paint scraping on the side of a wheelchair. Because it's specifically the same color as the car. Yeah. Like, what was the reference end goal? Like, to run the silver bullet with Corey Haim in it off the road? Make it look like he fell into the river and, and because he can't swim. He was but the thing is, like, he's got super strong arm strength, upper arm strength. We yeah. have established this. Like, if that's part of the logic of this movie, like, he's going to be able to swim to the shore. It's like a creek. Yeah. Like, it's probably not even deep enough to drown in unless you really smash your head on it. You can like, oh my god, you know, it's like it's the bri- it's literally the it looks like the bridge from Beetlejuice, which is nice. So maybe they're in Connecticut. Okay, well, it's still, <laughs> well that's say. a good connection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he should have just said Beetlejuice three times and like had, had the the black and white striped worm come after the werewolf. <laughs> Uh, Dude, this movie would have became the best movie in the world if that happened. What if the werewolf was wearing the Beetlejuice suit? Okay, I'd be all right with that. I mean, like that—that that baby bear would. would be way more endearing to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for our for our gay listeners, Matt's into baby bears because that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a yeah like the, that's a term, right? Like a baby. Oh, hey, bear. man, I'm always looking for a significant otter. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you'd probably find it in the creek below. That. <laughs> Uh, that reminds me, I had a dream that we were hanging out with a bunch of otters last night. Um, so Wait, so you're referring to the animal, right? Yes. <laughs> Literally otters. Like, I, I'm not even kidding. A I, lot I, happened when we were sleeping. <laughs> no, yeah, you know what? I was fucking robo-tripping because I took cold medicine and had just crazy fucked up dreams last night. And I kept on waking up, and, it, and Matt was snoring like a crazy, like... I knew I would be. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it doesn't matter, because Steven was out like a light, and <laughs> I was on NyQuil, so, I mean, like... Yeah, you're tripping balls, you're snoring, and I'm just dead to the world. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like, I woke up at one point, and if I would have been more reticent, I would have kind of come over and done the mirror trick under your nose just to make sure. <laughs> but I was like, he's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my last... My last... Three notes. All right. One is a quote, you see, you meddling little shit, and that's the exact same thing that he said in um, People Under the Stairs. People Under the Stairs. Like, he actually, I'm almost positive he calls the brown child a meddling little shit in that yeah. movie. Like, it's definitely, this is the more toned down version of that character, but... Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like, and then they, um, the, the werewolf, the priest can be a werewolf whenever. So, like, Cycle of the Werewolf is 12 chapters, one for every month. It takes them a year and 12 deaths, I believe, or maybe it's 11 deaths because one of them is foiled or something, to catch and kill the werewolf priest. But in this, he can become a werewolf whenever. And I know that we talked about this in Bad Moon where it's kind of shitty when you play fast and loose with werewolf mythology. Yeah. Like, I feel like you get away with it a lot better in, in vampire movies because vampires have a lot more powers, you yeah. know? Like, 
werewolves. You turn into a giant animal and you kill people. Yeah. But, like, if you can turn into a werewolf whenever, why was he going after Corey Haim in his car when he could just turn into a, a werewolf and go and after, yeah. Like, maul him so that people were like, oh, it's another bear attack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this the reverse is... transformation is actually a pretty solid transformation. Yeah. It's not bad. The actual transformation in front of the sheriff, though, is garbage. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was rough. To, I was like, "Ooh, none of the budget went to that." Yeah, and then I mean, it all it all builds to a Halloween night, which is thing. also super weird. That that was like, "Oh, this is the we're all good. Like we're yeah. not traumatized." Yeah, I hate those endings where I mean, it's it's the eighties. They wanted to wrap it up in a nice yeah. little bow, but I was always, I'm always like, "Yeah, you've got a dead you've <laughs> got a dead reverend in your house that." People are kind of aware you've been sending messages to him that he should kill himself. Like, it and doesn't also, bode well. And complicit with it because there's the guy, we missed that part, where there's this guy um, makes legitimately a silver bullet. Yeah. And, like, that scene is so Monster Squad. Yeah. Yes. It is, yeah. like, exactly like their Kids Save the Day planning montage where, like, Rudy's making silver bullets. And yeah. Like, it's done much better in Monster Squad, in my opinion. But, like... The voiceover, <clears throat> this movie, I think my problem with Silver Bullet is the unevenness of it. Is that there are some really fun parts, but so much of it is just like, what is this direction? What is this pacing? Like, Gary Busey is just off the rails. Doing rails. Doing rails, yeah. yeah. Well, that has to do with the, uh, you know, Stephen King coming down from his coke rails. It's it's, it's up and down. You have no idea each this, day. Well, this was, I mean, this was, I think, the same year as Maxim Overdrive, so he was definitely on the rails at yeah, this he point. Was, he was going on the rails of a crazy train, not like the Ozzy Osbourne song. Um, man, yeah, like... I think I remember him saying that he doesn't remember writing half of The Shining. Was that what it was? I think it's Cujo. He doesn't remember Cujo. any of Cujo. Yeah, it's Cujo. But the thing is, that I don't know. Was he doing coke or was he an alcoholic? He was, was he both. Doing? He oh, was okay. both. Yeah. Also, the best part about today it, that no one would know unless I said something, that's why I'm saying something, is Matt's wearing a Stephen King Rules shirt for Monster Squad. Um, so we got a Stephen King reference and we got a Monster Squad reference, and I just... Must have been like subliminally being like, I should probably talk about this. <laughs> now, like, he didn't wear that because he knew that we were going to the second day of the con. Yeah. Uh, Matt wore that knowing yeah. that we were going to the second day of the con, and there was a hot girl that was wearing one yesterday. Was that, I didn't even see the hot girl wearing. It she's on. I took. She's one of, the, one of the people that um is yeah she's we, yeah we saw her Stephen and I so. This is the way that because I haven't left oh, the table. We, yeah, we spotted her quick too. We're like, <laughs> it's in. because we we were walking around and she had like the mom jeans on. Mm-hmm. And it was her outfit. Like she was yeah. doing the um, who's the main character in Sean? Sean. Uh, she was doing Sean from Monster Squad, um, but you know, like hot. Yeah, you know, like with, with like beautiful Farrah Fawcett feathered hair. Um, and and she was, she was walking around with the Stephen King Rules shirt on, tucked into her like mom jeans and um they were like kind of high weight high waiters like yeah. they weren't long enough and then she was wearing like chucks or something like that so that was her that was her she was in costume um and we saw her both saw her because of the Stephen king rules shirt and then steven took a second look and was like oof i think he said something like oh those jeans tucked in and i was like i mean it's Era appropriate. Yeah. What did you guys watch this week? <laughs> I want to go first. Um, I watched 
uh, the and this is uh, by the time this drops, I'll have finished the season because I'm gonna watch it next week. But um, I watched the first two episodes of Jessica Jones season two. Okay. Um, and I mentioned this to the two of them when um, when we when I got here last night, and it's great. Like I I like but don't love Jessica Jones like the character and the series like the the pacing's a little slow for my taste. Um, I'm an Agents of Shield guy as everyone knows, and I like the pacing of Agents of Shield because it feels like so much happens every episode. But then with Jessica Jones, it's so much more procedural. Yeah, and and it's like talking about inner demons and feelings and things like that, and I like it. It's uh, Kristen Ritter is just amazing as Jessica. Um, you know, I, I really, it's a great show. It's well written. It's well directed. But um, it's not one of those shows that like I can binge. You know, like I'll binge Ash vs. Evil Dead. I, I've binged seasons of Agents of Shield like the second time around in like a week and stuff like that. But like Jessica Jones is one of those shows where I like I have to really chew on it like one a day, maybe two a day because I'm feeling real like lethargic and not want to get off the couch you know like i i think that i like i like that netflix has the street level superhero like they have the defenders you know yeah. i like that but i don't i don't feel like punisher was really good like i i actually binged my way through that in like three days but i don't really consider him part of that same feeling like the defenders feeling where it's so i've got a weird question because i've never watched any of the marvel shows on netflix oh, oh okay um do you kind of have to uh, watch they fist bumped, yeah. by the way. Do you have to watch them in the order that like each season came out kind of? Yes, you okay. do. Like Daredevil season So one. like I can't just binge all of Daredevil. I have to do like Daredevil and then jump into some other shows and then balance back to uh, season well, I two. would recommend what you do is you do I think is it Daredevil season 1, Jessica Jones season 1, Daredevil season 2. I can't quite remember, but I mean I can look it up, but it, it's it's not you recommended can... to binge the shows without the other like reference points that Yeah, came in because between. a lot of it's it's pretty much like chronological okay the way they're coming out in real life is kind of like the way that they're happening in new york city in the show which is frustrating too because it's cool because it's world building and it feels like you're watching like one big series instead but of then you feel like ones. you have to sit through shows that you're not yeah, as like, into I, like yeah. um you don't really i don't know you i feel like you might be able to skip luke cage it's a good show until the last like four episodes okay like the guy that got the 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 Oscar for um, last year got an Oscar. Um, was that was it Moonlight? The, yeah, for Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Um, he's one of the antagonists in the cage, and he's great. But um, as soon as he drops out of the show, it's like, well, why the am show I watching? Goes to shit. Yeah. Um, but also, like, the show's not for us. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's like the the there it's important to have representation like that's what a lot of people talking about with like Black Panther and yeah I was gonna actually get, that was moment. what I was gonna talk about for my like I watched Black Panther and I thought it was very good I don't think it's like my top five Marvel but movies but it's you, not you know like, but but it's I definitely think that from so like I was talking to a, a coworker about it and he he said something to me that was like very touching but he was like you he's like I appreciate that you study my culture. Because, like, he's talked to a lot of other people who, like, don't care about hip-hop. They don't care about the history of rap. They don't care about, like, the different civil rights movements of that era. So he's like, I actually was pointing out things that happened in Black Panther that even he missed. And he's like, how? Like, he's like, that, he's like, but that, like, it is one of the, like, there is, 
at its surface level, it is a very good Marvel movie. Yeah, but like, on a higher it's plane, got a social there's I mean, as well. there's there's shit like there's a poster for a Public Enemy album um, in the background of a scene, which like I think for like most people who don't follow rap music, it's just like okay, that makes sense, Public Enemy, but but. Even more important is what the name of the album that the poster represents actually directly links to that character's entire motivations as a human being. Like it was. And thank you for being yeah. spoiler free because neither yeah. of us have. Yeah, it. and it's like it's stuff like that where it's like it. It's like they didn't just pick any Public Enemy poster. This particular poster, when you, I just recommend once you see the movie, let me know and I'll tell you what the name of that album is, and you'll be like, oh shit! <laughs> like it's like a very well thought out decision. Um, but I don't want to say anything else because it is like, I don't want to ever spoil those movies. Uh, also real quick, you had brought it up. I finally sat down and watched all four episodes of the toys that made us. And that is a very fun, quick breeze of a, of a documentary. It's it's great to know the backstory of all that stuff. And even ones I didn't care about, I couldn't care less about GI Joe or Barbie. And I found them still very entertaining 45 minute. Episodes. Now, now I want a season. They're doing another season. Well, the theme song says that there's eight episodes. Oh, so okay. so I think that they're they split it in half, and there'll be the other there four better later. Be Transformers one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'm sure there has. The He Man one was incredible. The He Man one was really. I mean, great. the Star Wars one is absolutely the well, best the one. Well, He Man one was so good because the characters, like people are, those people were caricatures of people. Like the people that did He Man were just yeah. like so larger than life. Yeah, they need to do. They definitely need to do Transformers. And I mean, let's be real. They need to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The amount of toys and the run that that show had where like it got to the point where I think even more so than He-Man or any of those other cartoons, the toys were determining villains for the following week's episode. Like they were just like they just had a bunch of dudes at a toy company just making up shit and then sending it to like our animators being like, put it in the show. How like, about how fast some of these guys had to do come up with these designs? And then that's do mock-ups insane. and yeah. get them to the like the blow molding and stuff. It is just well, that's uh, so so impressive. you so you know um, vaguely uh, Joe from Calbretto and yeah. Harley Harley yeah, Poe. Met him twice. He for a long time was doing a very cool thing where he would buy old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys and completely repaint them. Yeah. And like his whole, because I asked him about it, he goes, if you look at those toys, like because it costs so much money to do multicoloring, the the actual molds and the designs are so detailed and so, but like the things aren't colored. Like Rat King, if you look at the Rat King toy, he's like three colors. But if you look closer at the toy, he's got like, 40 different bugs and insects like crawling all I over them. I loved those. So like the, he just took the so time to color to them in and make them pop out a little bit I more. I, did you post about that at one point? I, I sent you a photo okay. of the Rat King. Yeah. It looks great yeah. with all of these bugs really popping on yeah. him. But I mean I get it. You couldn't print a 14 color oh, no. like also, action like, figure. all the weapons that they would come with. <laughs> the weapons weren't even like popped out of their little like matrices. Yeah. Like I man that's taking me back. But that's my uh, yeah. so when and I wanted to say one thing before, oh, sorry, Steven, um, about, like, um, uh, like augmenting, repainting. Like, uh, there's that, that's a whole subgenre or a sub-hobby, yeah, right? It's like, a fun hobby. I've done I it a few did, times. I'm not very good at I'm it. I'm not very good at it either, but I definitely did it in junior high because I took my Storm. Remember that Storm um, uh, X-Men yeah. boy that had the Z in her chest that you could light up? Yes. I somehow had two of them. I don't know why. I think that maybe a friend was like, this one's missing. Did you make a dark storm out of it? No. Okay. I went way more obscure because 
as I've told you, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I was, am still deeply in love with Generation X. Yeah, Generation X is great. Generation X, like the first run with Husk and Samoa and Skin, M, M Plate, Chamber, uh, Blink, because Blink doesn't make it yeah. out of out of the Generation Next, which was the prequel with the the the, the bioorganic virus that's based on Warlock from New Mutants. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Warlock's going to be in the New Mutants movie. That's New Mutants. <laughs> I, I, if they they're doing the Demon Bear saga, which is I believe after he comes to Earth. So I feel like they could have him in it. I don't. I feel like it'd be a disservice if they don't have Warlock in it, and they could do it with CGI now. Like it would be phenomenal to see it, but. Um, I, I, anyway, like the the whole the whole conceit of like Generation Next is that the 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 bioorganic virus that Warlock is made of is now like able to infect people and it's turning them into like this huge like worldwide network of this computer that's trying to take over the world and Generation Next like wins and Blink sacrifices herself, but then she is in Age of Apocalypse and then she was in Days of Future Past the movie. Okay. Did you see? You guys saw. It. I've seen it. I don't remember much about okay, it. Okay. Well, when they're in the future, like the the dystopian future, the girl that can make those purple, um, uh, uh, like um, teleportation things, that's Blake. Okay. And her like face makeup was right. It's supposed to be like a face uh, tattoo or like a birthmark or something. And so like she looked good, and I was super stoked. Like I was sitting next to Megan because we actually saw that in the movie theater. Um, I can get her to go see anything with um, t- Fastbender in it. Okay. Like, uh, she, I mean, she's a great wife and will watch pretty much any superhero movie with me. But like, she'll see anything with Fastbender. Like, including like, the Snowman. No, we did not go see the Snowman. Don't. It's not complete. And it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard bad things about it. But um, I made a blink um, uh, action figure uh, action out of figure, story. And I, I wish I knew where it was because like that was. I made a couple other ones, and then I made the blink one, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I did the best I'm gonna ever do. Yeah, like, I, I don't ever want to do it again. But I think that that's like a very, um, I think that's like a very uh, normal, childlike thing. Um, I always remembered Mega Ran has like a rap song where he's talking about like his origins of being like a kid growing up uh, in like Philadelphia, but being really geeky, and uh, he has like a lyric where he says something about. Um, he would build the action figures, like he would use old action figures to build action figures of characters that they never did action figures for. And like, I always thought that that was like, because I'm like, I kind of relate to that. Like, I remember being like, shit, they don't have a character for this. Well, then I'll fucking figure it out. Like, it's like, and I can't remember what the example is in the lyrics, but it's very like. I think that is a very '80s and early '90s childhood thing. Yeah. I was listening to the radio and like, um, I, I can specifically remember uh, the, the 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 something tr- the screaming trees. I, I remember really the screaming you. trees. <laughs> you know that you know. I, that. Know, I know the screaming trees. I forgot about them. They're yeah, like, like that's they're like crazy. known for the singles soundtrack. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I nearly lost you. Was on that right? And sister. Yeah. Was that the Screaming Trees? I think that's Screaming Trees, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, like that and fucking Gin Blossoms and Toad the West Rocket on the radio while I'm making my Blink uh, uh, character. But anyway, All right, Steven, wrap it up for us. 
And join us next week on Geek History Month when Scott discusses the origins of X Force. Oh my God, dude, that would. If that what are you up, doing? <laughs> we gotta, we've got to leave. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So mine was really quick. Uh, I just started to look up all the werewolf movies from the '80s because I was like, America had to be tired of werewolf movies at this. We were. And yeah. in the summer of '85, <laughs> just look at all the movies that came out: Back to the Future, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, Cocoon, The Goonies, European Vacation, The Breakfast Club, Mad Max: Beyond Thunderdome, and Commando. I was nice. Like, wow, what a what a summer! So I went back and I watched Mad Max: Beyond Thunderdome, <laughs> and I'm like, woo wee, we've come a long yeah, way. Arguably the worst of the Mad Max movies. <laughs> That's all I watch is pure trash. So. <laughs> Tune into so, the Analog so, Jones yeah, so show. So speaking of that, before we wrap up, tell us a little bit about what you do, Stephen. Uh, our show with Matt, the other Matt. Uh, yeah, he's legitimately called other Matt when we talk and the three of us talk. <laughs> yeah. We do a show called Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. We are a VHS podcast, except the weeks when we don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we break it down from the box art to the actual trailers in it. And then we go behind the scenes. We get pretty pretty damn nerdy. Yeah, like to the point where sometimes I'm like, this is shit that I would have never have paid any attention to. Yeah, I, I, do, I do. I love hearing what the trailers are. That's at the start. my favorite That's part, of the, part well. of the show. Yeah. I, it's always so endearing because I'm like, oh, I remember that trailer at the front of my trailers they, were like something you looked forward to. Oh, especially the horror movie trailers. Oh like, my god, I would look forward to watching 20 minutes of like what else is Full Moon about to put out. Like, yeah. like well, for me, it was New Line. But yeah, like you oh, know, what I mean, like you'd always just get stoked. Had great ones, but they also like I think that the art of the trailer is dead. Yeah, no, it's gone. Because it's like two minutes now instead of a minute and 15. Yeah. You know, like, it's just not the Well, same. And that's my favorite thing about, like, our booth is that there's only a handful of trailers, but, like, I made sure to put trailers from, like, the Taurus Trap trailer, like, the Alligator trailer, are so good at because they entice you, but they don't really show you anything. It's like, here's what we got. We got a giant-ass alligator. Come see our movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't explain the, the insanity of that. No. Film. They're just like, hey, here's a bunch of screaming mannequin heads. Check yeah. out our movie. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and way back in the day, trailers used to also be just clips from the movie. So you wouldn't know what the movie was about. They'd give you like a minute 45 of just like a weird-ass clip. Yeah. And you'd be sucked right in. It actually yeah. worked. I saw the, we're going to do the live uh, podcast in this, yeah. and Hellraiser 3 actually had one. I don't know why. Yeah. That was 1993. Yeah. But it's better than the actual trailer because it's just something weird. You're like, yeah. I want to watch more. I, um, oh, I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like B-roll. It's yeah. like a keyhole. Like, you're looking through a keyhole to see all the movie, and you're like, I want to see more of it. But yeah. that's what a trailer is supposed to do. It's going to tell you what happens in the movie. Like I think that, the, but that's that's internet culture has like made it so that that obviously current trailers make more money. Yeah. By telling what's in the movie. Is, well, because like, there was like well, some study that showed that like people are more satisfied when they know how something's going to end, which is like so dumb. weird to like, me. Well, I don't. Uh, yeah. You know how many? Movies I think I'm it's like, because I'm not it. Go see I think it because it like does something with like the anxiety of like if you already know that everything's going to be okay, like you don't get like as anxious watching something. I don't know. I'm I'm just yeah. spitballing ideas. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe people don't want to open their wallets unless yeah. they know what the entire plot is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to take the. Trip. But now I think things... movie. But movie pass might be changing that because I feel like. Yeah. If there's more and more people getting movie passes where it's like you're gonna I'm gonna see it. So I would don't see spoil Red it. Sparrow if I had movie passes. Yeah. But I, there's no trailer, way I'm seeing it yeah, for like, money. I would not spend ten dollars <laughs> just to see that. 
But if I bought Movie Pass, it's like what, twenty bucks a month or something? Ten bucks. Ten bucks a month. Okay. If I spent ten bucks a month <laughs> and I could see that, and then I could see Annihilation, and I could see Black Panther, yeah. right there, that makes makes sense that I would burn two hours and ten minutes on Black on Red Zero. Yeah. I actually heard a douchebag like a uh, guy from he was you know a uh, guy produces all these movies and everything like that, and he was saying. You're like, oh, people like to go into a movie knowing what they're gonna see, cause nothing sells like excess. And for us, no. where we watch, we're fans. We watch this to gobble up the new stuff and everything like that. But most of America and a lot of the world, they don't, and it's it's so annoying because I, you can't get these new ideas. It, and then we have to watch Wrong Turn Six. It, I <laughs> I still stand by the the scariest trailer that I ever saw in my entire life was as a kid. Have you ever seen the actual like? Five minute long trailer for Psycho. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's so good. I, I, it, I might have, but it's not Alfred Hitchcock YouTube walking video. you through the sets, and he's oh, like, yeah, he's I've like, this that. is the hotel, and he goes, and this is the house. Something crazy happens in that house. I can't tell you about it. And then just at the very end, he's like standing in the bathroom, and he like looks over at the shower, and he just pulls the curtain, and just cuts to screaming, and then it's over. And it's like, as a kid, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I knew nothing about the movie. I was like, this is unreal. I was so afraid to see Psycho as a kid because of how effective that trailer was. So, and that, that, that actually reminds me of, like, I didn't know anything about Freddy, but I saw some of, like, that original trailer, which is just B-roll from the, the intro scene where it's, yeah. his feet shuffling along in the boiler room and then, like, a cut of the glove and then the glove, like, cuts the, the screen. It's just, like, New Line Cinema, Nightmare on Elm Street, like... That is the way you do a scary movie. Absolutely, or, uh, a scary yeah. trailer. You know, like I, I, I actually actively avoid anything after the first trailer anymore for anything that I, I that I really because want I'm to afraid see. I'm afraid that it's going to ruin it too ruin much it for me. Like yeah. I watched I watched the first trailer for um, uh, Force Awakens and I was like, that's it. That's all yeah. I need. I'm going to see it. I'm going to go. I don't even need to see the trailers to know that's that I'm the like it. That's the only downside with the movie pass is now that I'm going to the movies way more. I'm seeing the trailers all the time. Yeah, I sit through yeah. them. Yeah. So it's like, so I've actually started to get into the habit of being like, you know what? I oh, do want plate. some popcorn. I do. And like yeah. being like, I can kill some time at the concession stand. I don't care. Like yeah. I'll miss 20 minutes of trailers and be able to pop in just that's as the movie so starts. Because like, Meg and I don't go see movies very often because it's a huge time commitment. Two yeah. and a half hours. I wish movies would go back to the 90-minute or, like, 100-minute yeah. mark because I, it's great to have a director's cut where you're at home and you can just absorb. Yeah. But when you're in the theater and you have to piss and yeah. there's still 40 minutes left of the movie, you're like, oh, come on, because you're going to miss something. But, like, yeah. we've been getting to the point where, like, we only go maybe four or five times a year to see a movie in the theaters, and that's pushing it. And I, I Megan's like, we're going to be late. And I'm like, no, the if it says it's going to start at 7.15... That's when the trailer starts. It's 7.30. Yeah. You have 15 to 20 minutes of trailers. And if it's a Disney film, it starts at well, 8 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, because, well, they pulled that oh fucking my. short real fast. Yeah, um, public outcry. Um, well, that was Silver Bullet from 1985. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us. As always, thank you for building a website for us. Thank you for doing a really awesome, weird, howling t-shirt design for us. And uh, thank you for doing Analog Jones, which is a delightful podcast that everybody that listens to our show should listen to. Uh, we will be back next week with more of these listener-submitted episodes. But thank you, Darren, for uh, giving us a little bit of a silver lining on this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with another one of the picks that you guys inflicted on us. Holy jumped up, bald-headed Jesus Palmino. <laughs> <laughs>
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 